0: This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal.
1: Hey, More Than Workers. I heard a story a few years ago, and it came from our pastor at our church. And she was talking about a young woman who had terminal cancer. And this young woman was absolutely devastated as you can imagine anybody who's really, really sick would be and learning that they're going, their life's going to be ended short. And there were a series of pastors that had gone to speak to this woman. And the typical ending of those discussions were vases getting chucked at the pastors as they ran out the door. It was, they were, they were really, really negative interactions. She was very, very bitter, very, very upset about what was happening to her, which it was understandable. But people really wanted to help her. They wanted to help her to make sure that the rest of her life was of good quality. And finally, a pastor visited her and sat and listened and said, you know, asked her how she was doing. And she said, how do you think I'm doing? I'm dying, all of this. You know, I was supposed to have, I had all these dreams, all these other things that happened to me. And the pastor said something really interesting that I think we can apply in our work jobs. The pastor said, it's not what you expected, is it? It's not what you expected. And it changed something in the woman. It changed her. She recognized like, yeah, that's not what I expected, but this is kind of what I'm dealing with. How can I reset my expectations for the rest of my life? And she reset those expectations and she did pass away, but the rest of her life was considerably happier. Recently, I listened to another podcast that talked about this idea of expectations, that our happiness, our level of satisfaction is related to what we have versus what we expect. You can think of it almost as a mathematical formula. if, If you have a lot more than you expected to have, or you have as much as you expected to have, you're going to be fairly content with things. If you expect to have way more than you have, so you have really, really high dreams, and some of you listening are like, boy, I am ambitious, I am shooting for the moon, I want everything in this world, studies show that that actually can make you dissatisfied with your life and the way things are happening. So we thought we would talk about managing expectations. So we're gonna talk about managing your own expectations for yourself. We're going to talk about how you can work with others to manage your expectations, but then we're also going to talk about managing other people's expectations for those of you who manage people and work within teams. We're going to talk a little bit about, is it just to make everybody happy? Should we just lower everybody's expectations and just to be happy? Or should we raise expectations in order to increase performance? What's the balance in all of that? So we're back with our whole team today. Uh, we've got everybody. We've got we've got Mary Ling is joining us. She's in her car. She's in transit. She's driving very safely today. But Mary, you okay? You're driving safe. I'm
0: good. Yes, thank you.
1: Good to say. I see you got your glasses back. So we had a we had an issue. She can see now. That's great. We've got our own Bethany Taff, who's been who just got back with me from a trip to Austin.
0: Hi, I was. Wish- I wish that was a word, but that wasn't. I just did a salute and nobody could hear that. So hi.
1: Not how podcasts work. You can salute, (laughs) but you can't hear that. We've got our own Diana Royalty joining us live from our West Coast Tacoma, Washington office. Diana, what's going on the West Coast?
2: I mean, I love that we're doing this topic now because I realized recently that I'm very close to 40 and my expectations did not align with life. Oh, there you go. This is an I'm intervention we're for
1: Diana. That. Yeah, I would tell that. you, you need to achieve more. You just have a couple more years before you get there. And
2: it's
0: dangerously close. Don't, don't tell her that. It's going to be crazy,
2: full of energy. It's going to be bad, guys. Everyone, we're getting to Fortune 500 in the next year and a half. So get on it.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun. What, what we have been saying is I turn 50 about the same time Diana turns 40. And there's going to be a party. So those of you who are friends of ours are going to get to go to that party. And those of you who weren't invited are going to find out that you weren't really friends of ours. That's the way that's going to go. Ouch.
2: <laughs> ouch. So,
1: ouch. so get, you'll be on the lookout for that. You'll find out where you stand in our lives or that we forget people sometimes. And then our fearless host. Matt Griswold who's going to have lots of great insights. I realized Matt, you know, and whenever I was listening to one of our old podcasts and I introduced everybody and talked about what great insights they are going to have on this topic. And then I said, and then there's Matt and he's our host. So Matt also was going to have great insights and he's going to lead us into some great discussions. And we're, we love Matt. Matt's awesome. So Matt Griswold,
3: everybody. I'm just along for the ride, everybody. I'm just along. I'm here because it says so on my calendar. That's uh, recorded a podcast, recorded a podcast right now. That's my expectation. Now, I do like to uh, throw these different topics out. I don't listen to all the same podcasts. I don't listen to the podcasts that the team also listens to as they share these cool insights and we get these different ideas from other podcasts or other conversations. Sometimes that's where the best ideas come from. But um, with this one, I think it's kind of a, man this is a broad topic and we typically keep these podcasts to around what 30 ish minutes or so try to make them digestible for you you know on your commute or lunch breaks or you know whatever as you, as you're working uh but this one this one it seems like one that we could uh, almost twofold right almost you could you could you could make this three times the length uh, and continue to talk about something like this and it it might break into you know it's teetering on the brink of therapy for some people as they're listening to what this looks like to it's teetering we're consultants not necessarily therapists although maybe those go hand in hand diana
2: i was hoping that you guys would be able to be my therapy (laughs) session that's not what this is sometimes
0: we're we're
1: hoping to be that
0: too diana we We do that
3: (laughs) we do that best behind your back so as soon as this is over we're gonna have an after meeting and that'll be our therapy for you uh or it'll
2: be your therapy to (laughs) deal with me
3: how to manage people like like you so we're talking about managing expectations and the reason why I think it's broad is because, as Don was talking about this, as we were leading into this, as we were kind of having a conversation around it uh, ahead of time, it's it's it goes in uh, it's multifaceted. So it's talking about managing the expectations of yourself, Don. You shared the story of the pastor who is trying to help refocus this this uh, person's expectations who was going through a horrible circumstance um, at that time. Managing the expectations of ourselves, but then also helping other people manage their expectations. So if we're taking this, it's called more than work. So we're putting this in a work setting. Managers, how do I help my employees manage their expectations? I don't want to go there just yet. I'm going to start with self, but I want to kind of put you in that frame of thought. We're ultimately going to be going that way. How do I help other people manage their expectations and why do I even want to do it, right? Their business is their business. Not necessarily. Their business can be all of our business when it comes to managing the expectations and and how we operate together. But let's talk about self. Let's talk about self first. And to start, Maybe there are people, and I know Mary brought this up as well, maybe your expectations are exceedingly high for yourself. Maybe you are that person to where it's like dial it up to a 10. No, throw 10 out the window. We're going straight to 15 or 20 or even higher than that. And and sometimes uh, sometimes managing that expectation for myself, my, my expectations are, are very, very high. Um, how does that impact maybe myself my life, but also my relationships with other people. And maybe let's start there.
1: I have a really simple example. I know that, you know, Beth and I just traveled to Austin together and Austin has great places to eat. And we had lots of good uh, dining experiences and really went going into Austin. I think you, we kind of knew we were going to probably get some interesting, different kind of food. But I don't know if I, if I speak I, I, for myself, like I had zero expectations on what I was going to get in terms of dinner or where we were going. Like I have no, I didn't know where we were going to go. I didn't know what we were going to do. I just kind of relaxed with it. And then so then everything that you get was like a pleasant, not a surprise, but it was pretty good. Like I just found myself enjoying that more and more where there have been other times I went to Kansas City recently and went to a barbecue place that's quite famous that I had very high expectations for and went in and it wasn't that good. I don't think it was very good. And so then it was like the whole evening was a little bit, honestly, I was probably a downer to hang out with. I think I was a little bit down on it. Like, oh man, this is not what I thought this was gonna be like, I'm a little bit disappointed in this, I'm different. It really has a major impact just on our outlook. And the only thing that changed really between that was not that we think it's the restaurants, but what really changed was the expectations going into those experiences.
3: And the expectations on those experiences, those expectations don't. You know, we talked about how they parallel uh, your happiness or your outlook, maybe um, on on your contentment, right? Uh, your expectation too.
0: Yeah, you said Don that you were probably a downer the rest of the time, in your and when you went to Kansas City, and that's what I think of. it like, usually, if my expectations are too high, I'm constantly disappointed and frustrated with the people around me. And then they're miserable too, and it's like we can't find any like contentedness, like we can't find that common ground and just like enjoy each other and enjoy our time or whatever. Because I'm constantly frustrated and disappointed because I'm 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 think I'm wanting things to be like this and they're not.
3: There, there are conflicting competing ideas here right because many of us were probably told as we were growing up like aim high hold yourself to a higher standard shoot shoot higher right this is this is something that that we were probably ingrained with how do I balance that like if you are that person how do you balance what we've been told but then uh if I know that that directly relates to my contentness how do I learn that lesson maybe over time where's the balance
1: You know, before we jumped on, we talked about a team thinking about setting really high goals. Like imagine, imagine you go as a manager to your team and you say like, we are, we did $2 million last year. We're going to do $20 million this year. And you set super, super, super high goals for everybody. And you rally every run around the super, super, super high expectations and your team doesn't hit them despite really working really, really hard. Like I think that that shows like if you over, if you're too off balance that high, your team's going to be unsatisfied continuously. Like we never hit it. We always overset it. We never hit those expectations. Now, at the same time, like you could go and say, well, we had $2 million this year. Really? I expect a million and everything above that's gravy. Your team doesn't get very motivated. You kind of relax. You do get satisfied and satisfaction kind of leads to doing what you've been doing before. And maybe that limits performance. And you know more than that, from a people-centric perspective, it limits your potential. So if you're dialed down too far on your expectations, you're limiting what you potentially could bring to the world. You're limiting your own power. You're limiting your development. And maybe when you're doing that, you're limiting your potential when things are a little bit tougher in terms of what you need to be able to, to develop for yourself to be powerful in a, in a situation, maybe when the situation is not as good as it is right now.
3: You know, I think that I think there's a uh, something that maybe we should call out here too, Diana. I know you've had an opportunity to do this quite a bit. We do we facilitate something called a team dynamics index, to where it learns a little bit about each person on the team and kind of how they're wired and how they operate. And one of those on there is flexibility, and it's not necessarily the uh, sit and stretch flexibility uh, there that we're talking about. Just brought back horror stories maybe for some of us in middle school PE. But what we're talking about here with flexibility is our own flexibility to our own internal set of rules, right? We have the different things that we're passionate about we have the we have the things that are close to us that maybe we are dialed up on an expectation level and it's important for maybe us to, to make others aware of that too. Is there a balance there? Like our own internal set of flexibility. One of the examples we use is uh, some of us might have the perception of if you're on time, you're late. If you're 10 minutes early, you're on time. That's an example of like an internal set of rules that some of us have very low flexibility on. That is the standard. And not only a standard that you hold yourself accountable to, but now you're holding other people to that imaginary rule. That's only your rule as as, as well. So if I'm if I'm that person understanding my flexibility, I guess one of the questions is how do I understand that? Like, are there are there things that I can do to maybe understand? Cause right now, maybe you're just reading that as frustration. I don't know why, but I'm in a constant state of frustration right now with these people or that thing. How do I evaluate maybe myself to find out where expectation or quote unquote flexibility lines are? Like, how do I learn that about myself? I think one of the ways you can do that is just have some self-awareness around it. So I, I would set as a manager, I would set really high expectations for myself. I was always new. I was always learning more. I didn't always have the answers. And I felt like I should have been better than that for my team. And then I, then I put these high expectations on my team and then I noticed my team was failing and more people were getting -er, crabbier and it just wasn't flowing so well. And we were really just starting to butt heads with each other. And when I step back and looked at that situation, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just killing us all with these expectations that I'm setting for everyone. I really need to take a break back and, and not, not maybe set those expectations for the people, but help them set
0: those expectations for them themselves.
3: Okay, so now we're, now we're taking a step to helping other people set expectations.
0: I, I wonder sometimes if it's just that we haven't communicated our thoughts. Like sometimes we just are, we kind of have these, like you said, Matt, we sort of have this like made up expectation that nobody else knows about. Um, And we've, we have it in our head and we just expect other people to read our minds and do these things. And we, if we step back and ask the question of like, have I ever actually communicated that and just had the conversation with the people around me? So that they sort of know where I'm at or what goals I would like us to shoot for or whatever it might be. It might be very doable. We just haven't said what we're looking for.
3: Yeah, so maybe it's time for an intentional conversation. It seems like we have these conversations not only, you know, internally with ourselves, but from... Other people that we work with, business owners maybe that come to us, and, and it, they don't come to us saying we need to reset expectations. They come to us saying, "Why are my people the way that they are? Why am I so frustrated? How come they don't do the things that I need them to do?" And and they're they're in this state of frustration whenever that conversation maybe they've glossed over that already. We haven't we haven't really set the expectation to be able to know where the standard is. We haven't set a standard.
2: Yeah, and I was going to say like I love Bethany I love that you said have the conversation I think before that you have to recognize that something's misaligned within yourself something is misaligned and I don't think a lot of people think through like oh I just that's my expectation and people aren't meeting it or that was my expectation and I I'm not meeting it I think it like Matt was saying it just does come across as frustration and so when you're feeling that you have to stop and think why am I feeling this right earlier when I said that I was struggling with middle age. My husband came to me and was like, "Dude, why are you so grumpy lately? What what is going on?" And I was like, "I don't know. I I realized that like I turned forty in a couple of years. I'm not where I. This is not what I thought forty would look like." And he was like, "Okay, well, what did you think it would look like?" And I was like, "Well, I thought I would be a millionaire." And he was like, "Do you know many forty year old millionaires?" And I was like, "I guess not." And he was like, "Well, that might be an unrealistic expectation." And I was like, well, I thought I would be, you know, running marathons or whatever. And he was like, you can, you just never told me you wanted to do that. Like you could do that. Didn't know you wanted to, you know, which running a marathon is not really what I want. I want like a rock hard abs, but you don't get those just sitting around, you know, tacos. And And tacos, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I was like, man, I don't look like I used to look, you know, and so it was this whole I don't have, I don't have the giant house on the land. I don't have the, the, the millions that, you know, and then I was like, well, people centric should be huge by now. And Jimmy was like, but you love what you do. And I was like, oh, I do. I do. I just sort of thought that it would be this other thing. Right. And he's like, but are you happy? So like, you have to have someone point out some of those things that like, maybe those expectations aren't real. Maybe it's better the way it is. You just didn't know it, you know? So like someone to recognize the frustration and sort of say, this is frustration because your expectations aren't aligned with reality, but let's see what we can do to align them with the reality.
3: And that's Diana's therapy session right there. Sometimes our spouses have (laughs) to intervene. I was going to say, I
0: had, I had a similar (laughs) conversation with my husband and (laughs) I had to ask him a question, right? And say like, why are you so grumpy? Why, why do you think this is the way it has to be? Like is there, you know, we we had this a similar conversation, and I think yeah. you're right. Like it's whether at work or in your personal life, it's like having somebody who can sort of call that out and ask you those questions and and sort of say like, and this might flow into the next part, Matt. So I'm sorry to jump ahead, but like the no, managing good. other people's expectations too is like having somebody who can ask you the question of like, if you had that, would you be happy?" would it change it? Would you really be happy? Or if you had that, would you still be thinking about the next thing? Yep.
3: Which is the contentment piece, right? The content the contentment piece, my my wife will say to me, and sometimes it's funny, now we're, let's just talk about our spouses for the rest of the time, but <laughs> you know, it's time, my, my wife will say to me after we get that next thing, because I'll mention something, like the most recent thing was like the patio outside, you know, that's a wasted space, we should, my friend has this cool patio set up, he's got furniture and a TV, like we should do that, and she knows as soon as I start talking about it, she's like, oh man, Oh man, we're never going to let it go until that thing happens. And so okay, she'll work real hard to help make that happen and and ultimately, you know, we've done it with the boat and then the camper and then like there's always something else. There's always something else and she'll say, "Can we just stop for just a little bit? Can we just be content for just a little bit because you know what? It's exhausting." trying to make all of these things happen for you. And this is maybe a good way to transition. Bethany, I think you're right on point. Transitioning at this at this time right now, going to the team level then, right? I might be a manager right now who has a certain expectation for my team. I've not yet had the conversation on my expectations, but the question for managers, I think right now too, is not only, you know, let's set yourself aside for just a second and think about your, your team. Think about your people right now. What are their expectations for the job that you have hired them to do? What are their expectations for the role that they are playing within the company? What are their expectations for how long they want to continue to play that role? And maybe are there other things that they want to do? And if you've answered, I don't know, to any of those things, that that might be a good first step.
2: Yeah, Matt, you do an exercise with managers sometimes where you say like, okay, manager, write down the things that you think this person should be doing. And then, okay, person, write down the things that you're doing and then let's see how many of those overlap. And so often the manager is expecting the employee to be doing things that the employee is not doing. And the employee has no idea that the manager was expecting them to do these things. And it's just like a great way to start the conversation of like these things, one of these things is not like the other.
3: Yeah. And, and, and I appreciate that. I do like that activity. I think it's a good activity. Not only is it the things that they're not doing or should be doing, it's the, it's the way that they prioritize the things that they're doing too. And sometimes we as managers don't do a good job of saying, I need like 50% of your time on these three things. And they have maybe internally, they've they don't, they don't view that that way. So those are the bottom half of the things that they do. And and it's maybe that conversation, like, I need your time spent here. This is what I really value for me. This is what I think you bring to the table. And just helping them not only understand the things that they're doing, but the priority at which they should be doing those things, I think is also another good conversation.
0: Sometimes when you're helping manage other people's expectations, sometimes too, your employees might have They might have really high expectations for themselves and never feel like they're meeting those. And sometimes that is like a, I I say like a personal problem, but that sounds bad. (laughs) Sometimes it's like a personal thing or, and sometimes that's like projected on them because of how you're managing them. Right. And so I think it's helping, like when you're identifying that that situation with your employees where you're sort of feeling like you're seeing them and observing them sort of continually feeling like they're not meeting expectations or they don't take, they don't want to take credit. There's a balance there too, right? Like they don't want to feel proud or they don't feel like they're measuring up to the standard that they want to for whatever reason. So it's like, I think it's sitting down and kind of asking about like, where's this coming from? Do you feel like, like, am I doing something to help that to to make you feel that way or is this something like is this something else and then being able to go from there because I think I think managers and we've talked about this a lot you managers often don't praise their people enough they don't give that recognition enough and so if you have a really great employee who's doing really good things and they're not feeling confident or happy about the successes that they've had like figure out what's going on, where that's coming from and then and then take some time to just just recognize them and and celebrate those wins with them
3: yeah, i I think that's that's great. and if I can summarize that, you're saying let's just have a conversation. Let's just have a balancing foundational kind of conversation here. and it seems it seems like I think a lot of managers, And we've we've met these people. We meet them all the time. They're they're there all the time. But I I think a lot of managers are not opposed to having the conversation. It's just like, what do I say? How am I supposed to do that? I think once we get past the initial, like, of course, they know their job. They have a job description. I pay them to be here. They continue to show up. Now they're purposely sabotaging, blah, blah, blah. Or now they're purposely grumpy, blah, blah, blah. Those types of things. Once we get past that time, okay. So I'm not opposed to the conversation. Maybe what do I say? And I just thought of a couple of questions. You guys, I'm, I'm interested to hear maybe if there's a question that you would throw out as a tip to give a manager right now too, to maybe have this conversation. But one, a couple of the questions I thought is, is uh, maybe like, what can I do better as your manager? Part of my job is to remove myself to help you be awesome, right? To get out of your way so you can be awesome. What can I do better? How can I manage you better? And then maybe like, where do you want to go ultimately, where do you want to go? What are the things that you want to do? I know that you're in this spot now and that's good. Where do you ultimately want to go? And and sometimes I need to, to coach a manager to be okay with the answer. Because the answer might be, I don't want to do anything else. Like this is what I love doing. This is what this I, great. How do I help you be as awesome as you can be in that space then? Or it might be like, you know what? I've done this for a while. I feel myself kind of slipping. I do need to change the pace. I need to change the scenery. Like give me something, give me something else. And sometimes I think most most employees won't bring that up to a manager unless the manager creates the space for that conversation to happen in the first place. Would you guys add anything maybe to a question that a manager could ask to their employees to help with that conversation?
2: Well, I remember a time where I asked that question and and the person looked back at me and said, I want your job. And so in that moment, I could have easily said like, no, Get back to no. Work. go just back to it, like, go do your, your job, to to go right? But instead I was like, great. What do you need to know to feel like you could be me, to feel like you could have this job? What things do you need to learn? What do you want to learn? What are your strengths that we could leverage? You know, and let's go after it. You could, I'll teach you all of my entire job instead of saying like, well, that's insane, you know? And so I think it, the only other way I had to temper that expectation was I did say, I'm going to teach you everything, but I'm still here. So like, you're not going to get the job because I still am in the role, but I'll teach you all of it. Right. So like the expectation of get my job probably isn't going to happen, but the expectation of teach you everything so that you can be prepared for it and feel like, you know, it all totally. Okay.
1: Yeah. This could end up being one of those topics that you may come away with. Well, so then what's the answer? When do I temper expectations? Where do I push expectations? Where do I communicate? Where do I not communicate all those things? And there's not going to be really hard answers to these things. Because, I mean, I think about the example of like when I was at 3M and I did the performance appraisal and I said, what's the highest level you would like to achieve inside of a company? And I put CEO and my boss was like, no, 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 no. And crossed it out and gave it back to me. And it's like, no, 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 you'll never be a CEO, you know, and, and that kind of gave it back to me, you know? So I think there's somebody, he was trying well, to look
2: talk- at you now. Yeah.
1: CEO. Yeah. Not CEO. Not what's Literally. up? That? Take that. Take that. You didn't <laughs> know how I was going to be the CEO. When well, I think if he'd opened the conversation a little bit, you know, I and he kind of did. He's like, "Well, that's unrealistic." And I, I tried to open it up by saying, "Well, I didn't necessarily say here, you know, I, I did say that."
2: Did you say that?
1: I actually did say that. Like
2: Don, young Don, man, was yeah. such a rebel. Yeah.
1: young Don left a lot of Don-shaped holes in the wall sometimes, <laughs> which is not always a good way to good way to to influence other people. But the. Expectate, the, un, the understanding that like, if you're unhappy with another person, it's probably because there's an imbalance somewhere in performance versus expectations. And it could be that the performance isn't high enough, but it also could be your expectations are too high. It could be that you're expecting too much from that person. And I love the idea of having the conversation with the other person to say, we have a mutual problem here. What's the, what's the right answer? I don't know what it is. Cause I've been on teams. We've worked with plenty of clients who set managers set expectations that we feel are unrealistic. And how do you set those expectations? By the way, on a very practical level, one of the things that we have helped companies with, we've talked about key performance indicators before something just to help with language. Cause I think this is another thing like the word leadership means so many a thousand different things. So we try to shift the language a little bit to make it mean one thing. Uh, We refer to key performance indicators, KPIs, as company metrics. And then if you think about individual metrics, we refer to those as OKRs, objectives and key results. And so we will recommend that people apply OKRs to individual roles so that you can open up this conversation. And it's the idea to say, like, okay, I have a salesperson. I expect you to sell $500,000 per year in sales. Uh, now that opens up. That's the expectation. The expectation is set. It doesn't mean the expectation is right. It doesn't mean that that's too low or too high. It doesn't mean that you should expect a higher performance or lower performance, but it opens up the conversation by setting those OKRs. That's something that we see missing from a lot of companies that I think would be a good, good hard takeaway from this uh, to help you make those decisions and open up the conversations.
0: Yeah, and I would add that I think that having when you're having that conversation, it's helping, like letting the person know that you want them to be successful. And so whether it whether they're, whether they are unhappy with where they're at, or they're not meeting our expectations, or whatever it is, it's having the conversation to say, I want you to be successful. How can we make that happen and figure and going down that road a little bit? I can't, I think that we don't, sometimes when we feel like maybe somebody isn't meeting expectations and we need to push them a little bit, sometimes it's easy for people to get kind of cold and just say like, meet the goals, meet the goals or you're out of here. Instead of saying, I value you as a person and I'm going to take interest in you as a human being and I want you to be successful. And so how do we do that? How do we go, go, go after that?
1: Yeah. I would add to that, Bethany, if you're thinking about like how to set the expectation. So are the expectations too high or not? I think that if you're setting an expectation based on past performance, if you're setting it based on past performance, we've done this and I see the line and it goes like this and this is what we've done is probably what I would expect to have. Mm -hmm. I think there's a risk you're underestimating your expectation. I think there's a risk. I'm not saying don't look at past performance. I'm just saying like, you're, you've done what you've always done, you should be able to get this. So on the same side, if the, if the employee or the team is not able to perform based on past performance, and there's nothing that else has changed, you can probably expect your team to increase their performance to meet the expectation. But if you are basing your objective or your expectation based on a dream that you've had or a vision that you've had or something big picture like that, not, not based on data, but some kind of a feeling that you've had, you might be overestimating the expectation. You may be setting it too high and your team might be missing it. And in that case, it may not be reasonable for them to elevate their performance as much as you're saying they have. So if, if let me let me use a hard example. If you've sold $50,000 every month and you every sales rep has sold $50,000 every month for the last three years, and you set an expectation of $50,000, your team is likely going to keep setting $50,000 and be happy with that. But we've worked with teams to say like, what, how do we get to 70,000? How do we get to 60,000? Let's do something different and you can challenge the team. And when that challenge has been set, we've seen teams arise to the, rise to the occasion and think differently about what they do and to be able to push that. And if you had a sales rep that came in and was selling 25,000 when everybody else has been selling 50,000, there's clearly a performance issue very very clearly now if you as a person said came came in and you were kind of Steve Jobsing your company and you said no 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 i think we can sell 500,000 each rep and that's my new goal and i want you to sell 500,000 and your team suddenly starts to sell $100,000 each you it's tempting to go to them and say no i said 500 but and ignore the doubling of the performance Right. So it's it's kind of balancing the dream, which tends to push expectations too high, and the past data, which I think tends to push expectations a little bit low.
3: You know, we've 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 seen examples of that. It seems like over and over again, but there's another piece that I want to add here. And and Don, I thought you were gonna walk right in there. I think you walked right up to it. But I think you're saying it without saying it. Sometimes we have to be able to provide enough information for people to also balance their ex- expectations or set expectations. Sometimes there's some education stuff that has to go on behind the scenes. You know, we work in publishing quite a bit as well. And you were using the salespeople as an example, like, no, 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 I need I need you to sell more. But why is, why is the owner asking the salespeople to sell more? And it might be because they're looking at it wrong. Maybe there's another way that we can actually get further ahead without just Doing the first thing, which is pushing the sales team to sell more, and I think you know where I'm going. Did you want to say something there? There might be an education piece where, what if, what if they cut cost by, you know, the the editorial team, for instance, that you mentioned the other day, that just, I mean, they say fifteen hundred dollars. That's not, you know, the a hundred thousand that I'm asking the salesperson to do, but it might be more impactful. Yeah,
1: I think you're talking about the idea that if you're trying to, if your expectation, it's kind of unpacking them, right? If your expectation, sometimes we set expectations based on some big performance. I want to be, I want my company to make half a million dollars in profit this year. There's lots of ways to feed up into that, right? There's lots of OKRs. If you say that's the key performance indicator, and then you look at individuals inside the company and you say, I'm going to set OKRs, you could go to your sales team and put it all on your sales team to hit that big lofty goal and forget about the rest of the team. But the rest of the team has a big impact on hitting that profit goal as well you know, if you control, we've talked about this in our finance, I don't want to get too deep into it. But in our finance episode, if you save a dollar, that dollar goes straight to the bottom line. If you sell a dollar, that dollar does not go straight to the bottom line, because there's costs associated with that sale. So that there's we have to be able to work as a team. So you do have to kind of just figure out how to distribute the load, so to speak, if you're trying right. to push your team amongst the rest of the team,
3: sometimes our team is setting expectations based off of what they know. And you might know more than what they know. And then we get frustrated because they said, you know, they missed the mark on the expectation, but they didn't know the things that you know. And no, so that,
1: yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. We're working with a team right now that is setting OKRs for their individual people. And one of the things the owner has stated, has had several, has stated for quite a while what she expects on some of those OKRs and is throwing numbers out there. But to your point, Matt, like the employees weren't exposed to those numbers for a long time. Like they didn't see those. So when they're asking the employees, I think you can hit this number. The employees just kind of said yes, without knowing what it was going to be like, like without really diving into it. And now that they're really diving into it and now that really owning the numbers, Sometimes they're coming in and saying, Yeah, I think we actually can hit that. Sometimes they're looking at it saying, No, it's not realistic. Like, that's crazy. That's a crazy number. We're, we're actually here and we're not, we're so far from here. We're going to have to work our way up there. And, but then in a couple of cases, they're blowing the expectation out of the water. They're, they're actually looking right. back at the numbers and saying, No, we actually can do a lot better than that if we focus more attention on it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's part of getting that engagement in the expectation.
3: Yeah. And that comes through the education of understanding why we're doing what we're doing. And this is what I'm asking you to do, but this is why I'm asking you to do what it is that I'm asking you to do. And this is why your role is important. And, and, you know, sometimes that's, that's that manager's job to be able to help the employee understand those things. So then we can reasonably set expectations instead of just, where do you want me, boss? Where do you want me today, boss? What am I doing today? So what's tomorrow look like? Like I want them more involved or engaged in that. And that, that means that's that ongoing kind of communication transparency that, that that happens in that boss manager employee relationship as well. So the other
1: place where it goes south. Sometimes we've talked about the boss having expectations for the employees. The other place it goes south is the employee has expectations of the boss. And there's two, again, two possibilities there. Sometimes we've had employees go to bosses and say, like, you never tell me how I'm doing. You never give me feedback. Like, I would love to get more feedback from you. Is there something we can do? And the boss starts doing check-ins with the employees and fills that expectation. And then the relationship is better. It's happier. But there's other times where maybe like a company has grown really, really fast. And the boss used to have like a level of access or something to the employees or just felt like a smaller team. And the expectation is like, no, no, I want to go back to the way things used to be. And the boss can't do that. The boss can't deliver that. So the only way to make that relationship happier is for the employee actually to shift their expectations at that point and recognize like, we can't go that the boss can't give me what I'm asking for. I have to shift my expectations and accept the new story that's in front of us versus trying to hold on to the old one.
3: But at least I know what I'm dealing with, right? At least I'm operating within reality instead of whatever it is that I, I think is happening uh, there too. And then, I, then then, everybody has decisions to make, right? Then, Then, then we know where we are.
1: Too often, we're not aware that it's because of the expectation part that's why we're unhappy. I think that's the big insight here is we always think it's the performance. Like the only thing we can drive is performance. If I can just make this thing happen, I can be happy. And that's a flaw. That's only one side of the equation. The other side is maybe your best way is to lower your expectations or raise
3: it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and go around uh, one more time, unless you think there's something left uncovered. Team, is there anything left uncovered here that we need to talk about with this topic today? Or are we ready to give some insight, little piece of feedback here? Okay, again, podcasts work verbally. So everybody's nodding at me. So this is the whole salute thing from back. I think we've done an
1: amazing job of covering this topic.
3: (laughs) I'm getting the finger pistols from everybody. You got it, buddy. All right, let's go around the table then. And uh, what's your uh, key insight here from this topic? Who'd like to start?
2: Well, I love all, I love all the things we've said, right? Have the conversation, align yourself, align uh, others, you know, all of those things are really important. I think the other important thing to remember is that expectations change over time. So you can't just have the conversation one time. You can't just align yourself one time. You have to do it continuously. And I think it's important for managers and employees to continue these conversations, have them often. When you've met an expectation, figure out what the next one is, you know, just make sure you're continually realigning with each other.
3: That's great. Thank you, Diana.
2: I think the old saying, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated kind of can come in on
1: these because if you're setting expectations or having expectations set on you, you want to be communicated what those expectations are. And then you want to make sure
3: that you can reach those and be successful. I don't think people intentionally set other people up for failure. I think it just occurs, like Don said, with performance and expectations not being aligned.
1: And so if the people can be just humble and and vulnerable and respectful with each other and treat each other truly like humans, have those conversations regularly,
3: create those safe environments to have those conversations and do check-ins like that, I think people can be set up for success. Awesome. Thank you, Mary.
0: I would say that evaluate and be aware of how your expectations are impacting other people and also how they're impacting you. Like, do you feel constantly like frustrated with yourself or frustrated with your circumstances or whatever it might be because you're not where you want to be and then figure out if you can control that or not? Like, is there a step that you need to take to be able to get there or Do you just need to like realize that maybe I, maybe my realist, my, my expectations are unrealistic for me and for the people around me too.
3: Great.
1: Yeah, I would, I would say that, you know, if you're dissatisfied with something, a relationship or with yourself or you're unhappy, it might be because your expectations are off. And one thing might not be just to lower your expectations, but so maybe it's time to count your blessings a little bit. Maybe it's time to look around and see what you do have and make sure that you're not ignoring the wins that you've had and the performance that you do have to, to and, and and focus more attention on that maybe it's to shift those you know diana talked about people centric when we talked about people centric you know years ago when diana first started we were like we're the next google i remember us talking to new employees that would come in and say like it's going to be good to be one of the first 10 employees at google but they're, they're doing really great we would tell people things like that uh we're not google you know we haven't hit that yet but yeah yet, yeah we're not there yet <laughs> But when I look around, like every day I get to spend with people I really, really respect, solving problems, helping clients all over the United States. My, we've got a pretty cool job. Like we're doing pretty good overall. If I take a look around that and I think, man, we are winning. It doesn't mean that I don't have to have also expectations moving forward and, and dreams of growth and things like that. But it means I can stop for a second, kind of smell the roses.
3: Yeah, that's great. And I think mine would lead right into that too. It's that reflection time. You might be translating some of these things again as frustration, you might just be frustrated throughout the day about somebody or something or some process and I just, just take a minute. Okay, what's driving the frustration is it because they're not performing the way that you feel like they should be performing and maybe that's that expectation thing or we're not hitting the number that you think that, that we should be hitting is it realistic or maybe what are some of the factors of why we're not hitting that. Or, you know, and and that I think helps slow us down a little bit instead of just acting emotionally, it helps slow us down a little bit so we can start to maybe take tangible steps. The other thing I would say too, if you're a manager, do something like start a conversation something with your employees now like asking one of those questions like what is it that i can do to be a better manager for you maybe that's a good first step to be able to start that expectation conversation so we hope you enjoyed this episode here managing the expectations i trust that there's an expectation or two that you probably need to manage as well take that back and and uh you know do a little reflection on on your own hopefully the the tips have helped if you have other topics you'd like to hear us talk about diana how do they contact us
2: so many ways. You can email us directly with whatever questions or topics you want to throw at us. We always respond. Um, but you can email us at more than work at You can fill out a contact us on our website at peoplecentric.com. You can find us on social media. Our handles are at peopleccg or at peoplecentric. You could call us. You can just call us. We have a phone number. Yeah. It's 417. <laughs> yeah. You can, <laughs> but you know, whatever. There's a lot of ways to get yeah. a hold of us.
3: If you have other topics too, because I consistently, Don, and I know you hear this too, when we're at events throughout the country, we hear somebody that'll come up and say, hey, I really enjoy your podcast. If you see us, approach us. Uh, feel free to just throw us a topic. We'll put it on a little piece of paper and tuck it in our little shirt pocket. And we'll come back and deliver that to you too. Like We we love hearing from you all. So whatever whatever way that you would like to get a hold of us, we we enjoy that interaction too. So hope it's been a great episode for you as it was for us and enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.